That's two dollars plus two. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmastunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Today is a very huge episode. And to help me with that is Mr. Good old Jameson, very good rabbit, back from the dead or vacation or wherever you were at. How are you doing, son? From parts unknown. <laughs> Hi, man. It's good to be back. Oh, yes it is, man. You have been uh, missing in action, but it's cool, man. You're back. Tell Where you been, son? Where you been? I've been everywhere, man. Um, I went on vacation. Uh, that was beautiful. Did you, get, was... did you get fired when you came back? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that going around, but... Um, yeah, I went on vacation and then uh, I got back from vacation and had to start vacation Bible school at church and uh, busy times, busy times. So excellent. So you had a really good vacation, sir. Oh, uh, it was the best. Excellent. Yeah. Uh man, this is a big episode, man. You know, this is uh, the uh, continuation of the series, classic movies Masunas hasn't seen. And the reason why I say it's a big episode is, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, for better off dead. This is a movie we've talked about multiple times finally getting around to it you know because you just you text me a couple days ago like hey we recording tuesday i was like yeah sure and uh you know if if we got an opportunity we're gonna do it right right because the next movie is supposed to be batman arkham uh sultan arkham but technically it's not out on dvd only the digital is so i'm like yeah this works out perfectly and then all these emails started coming now i'm not gonna complain sir because we love it when we get emails right oh yeah the problem is is these emails are all five star emails sir Good. So, so you can feel the pressure when I'm like, wow, I feel more pressure on this movie than I did on Raiders of the Lost Ark. That, that's how that's how insane pressure I feel on this movie, man. Good, good. Yeah. So needless to say, uh, I put a post up in The Nation about how, you know, the garage door scene was, was hilarious and people were just commenting on there. And it's kind of what got the emails rolling. So I'm very excited to get into that in a little bit, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, but needless to say, why don't we talk some quick movie news, sir? Okay. All right, let's do it. Everybody's always waiting on Friday, watching that clock and sitting on go. What you say we find a little warm sunshine and open umbrella on the patio?
So, Expendables three, sir. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure you heard the news that the whole entire movie is online. Now, here's the thing: you can be stupid and go out there and download this. But if people remember correctly, Sylvester Stallone caught your ass the first time you did this, and he sued you. So, do you really want to go out there and download part three? I don't know. What do you think, sir? I'm not interested in it, man. If I really wanted to, I could watch any movie that is in theaters right now or about to be in theaters online. I got I got a guy. But part of it is, man, I, I like seeing, especially these Expendables movies, are so much fun going with some buddies and seeing on the big screen and watching all the ridiculousness that happens. Yep. It's just a fun time. It is. I, I would sit here and watch it on my computer, whatever. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of that? I mean, Don't be that guy. No, nothing beats going to the theater and just watching stuff blow up. And my favorite thing in the newest trailer is Wesley Snipes. What were you in for? Tax evasion. <laughs> you know, I love it. It's so good, you know. Now, granted, we do have the official PG-13 rating. Yeah. And I'm a little bit worried about that because, you know, violence is part of the uh, part of the nature. However, I think your main issue with the last one was CGI blood. We're not really going to have a lot of CGI blood this time around. So that might be able to fix part of your problem with the last one. I guess, but there won't be as many heads exploding like watermelons either. I know. That's the best part. That opening sequence of part two, ridiculous, man. Body parts just flying everywhere. I was high-fiving strangers in the theater. That was so much fun. Oh, man, it's so good. I'm excited for Mr. Mel Gibson, man. He's a good bad guy, man. I'm I'm really pumped up for this. Yeah, hopefully he can uh, take take this second chance and not blow it. Yeah. Now, what's Harrison Ford doing in here? Because he basically looks like kind of a waste of space. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I always thought, I mean, I love Harrison Ford, but I always thought he was a little miscast in this. But I got a feeling he's not going to have a huge role. It looks like he's just kind of the uh, the pilot yeah. for them, you know, the chopper pilot or whatever. I, I don't expect him to have a massive role in this. Now, funny enough, I watched that terrible Legends of Hercules and uh, the guy who plays Hercules is in this. And that's the only reason I recognize him. Like, oh, that's the guy who played Hercules in the terrible Legend of Hercules movie. No. But he's one of the new bloods. I, I like a bunch of the 80s jokes. Oh, this is a plan you would do in 1984. You know, I, all that stuff, good times. I can't wait for it. Uh, of course, I'm going to go see TMNT uh, or Ninja Turtles as it's promoted, not Teenage Mutant, just Ninja Turtles, as we know. And... I'm going to go see that probably this weekend or Monday. Take my daughter. Can't wait. I am excited, though. This is kind of promising. It's PG-13 for only sci-fi violence. No language whatsoever. So the chances of, like, dirty, nasty jokes and stuff like that that you would get in the Transformers, I think it's going to be kind of clean, man. I'm really digging the previews. They they get me laughing every time I see a new one. Yeah, good. So what are your thoughts (laughs) upcoming? Because I know you're probably going to review this for uh, real reviews. Are, right. are you are you excited for Ninja Turtles? I mean, I know you're probably more excited for Twister on steroids, but <laughs> I actually I am for the, <laughs> this upcoming weekend. I'm much more excited for Into the Storm. I'm not a big Ninja Turtles guy, man. Like, I've said it before, I I didn't grow up really in the Ninja Turtles universe. I'd kind of aged out past the Ninja Turtles when they started to get big. I, and uh, I mean, I, I like them, I have fun with them, um, but they are nowhere near like my thing you know yeah fair um and so yeah i'll I'll go watch it i think it looks pretty bad um (laughs) (laughs) i was having this discussion last night with jason actually oh boy Um, and uh i said man i don't know it just it looks bad to me i hope it's fun at least that's all i'm hoping for is fun because um because it doesn't look like it's gonna be good 
but that's just me. Yeah, I, I may be a little biased, but that's just you know the way it is. But I'm gonna go check it out. I'm gonna go see it. You know that and Into the Storm this next weekend. So well, you know what was weird? I actually got a because normally I message Jason. Jason doesn't usually message me too much. He's a busy guy. All right. of a sudden, I get a message from him like, "Huh, Jason, messaging me?" He's like, "Dude, you need to go watch Guardian of the Galaxy. I think you're gonna dig it." I'm like, "Nah, man, I got no desire to see that. That's a straight up DVD movie." For you're me. wrong. And he's like. No, it changed my mind. You should go see it. So, uh, are you in the same boat as him, sir? 100%. Oh, my God. This, this is... Uh, I, <laughs> I can't blow my review. I'm about to give two reviews oh. of this movie tomorrow. But yeah. uh, this is well worth seeing, especially for you, Mike. Stay till the end. Oh, I know I know who's there. I already yeah. know that. So. This movie is great, man. It is... Uh, now, I've heard some people say that it is the greatest Marvel movie made. Whatever. I've heard a lot of people say that. I've, I've heard a lot of people that I... That I, I that I trust say that. Brian. I'm not sure if I'm willing to say that, but it it is uh it is in the upper echelon of Marvel movies. Okay, now let me ask you this, sir. You and I, we are the wrestling buddies. You know, this is our thing. Now we we have Blue Tista. For those of you who don't know, that mm-hmm. would be Dave Batista, but we call him Blue Tista Wrestling because we hate him. So since you and I hate Dave Batista, how was he in this movie, sir? He was good, man. He was used just the right amount. Um, he was good. Drax was good. There wasn't a I, out of the team of the Guardians. There wasn't a bad character. It was, they were all v- very well used. Okay. Really funny, good action. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to your review, man. Good times. Yes, sir. Uh, yesterday I found out that the Monster Squad remake officially canceled, sir. Good. I am super excited for that, man. Woohoo! Oh, that's all I got to say. That's it. Monster good. I, remake canceled. Good. Yes. I, all these remakes need to be canceled. There's uh, there's something that I, I was reading the last couple of days. There's been conflicting stories going back and forth. Talking about remakes. One of my all-time favorite action movies of all time is The Raid Redemption. And I just recently, finally, got to watch the sequel, The Raid 2, which came out this year. And Peter has been getting on me that I haven't seen it yet, but... Uh, Peter, I finally saw it, man. And it holds up. It is as good as the original. I mean, the original was top five favorite action movie ever. Now, wasn't and Wesley Snipes in that? No, 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 no. This is all, I believe it's a Korean action movie. Oh, okay. It's phenomenal. And Dread is basically, if you saw the movie Dread, they ripped off the entire plot of the Raid Redemption. Gotcha. Um, but, so now they, they're talking about making a, funny enough, an American version of that, right? Right. And it's crazy kung fu. It's phenomenal martial arts in this movie. And they're we're going to make an Americanized version, and Taylor Kitsch is going to star in it. And it's going to be oh, like, come on. No. He's not. Uh, this You don't need to remake it because it's, it's amazing as it is. And then Taylor Kitsch, man, like this guy, get, at least get somebody who's good at fighting to be in the movie. Because otherwise it's going to be a lot of quick cuts. You know, so you get to cover up the fact that this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Right, right. Ridiculous. Uh, so let's, we don't need to remake everything. And we don't need Ghostbusters with female leads either. Oh, that's the other one. Yeah. yeah let's forget that crap. I, there, there's a whole lot of rumors uh, going on. Not even worth my time, man. But, <laughs> uh, so needless to say, man, that's it. Good times. Um, yeah. 
outside of that, you're right. The rest of it out there, it's pretty much just rumor heavy. You know, there was a cool set photo of Ben Affleck as the older Bruce Wayne. Yep. There's a rumor out there of exactly how old he really is in the movie, but not official, all that fun stuff. But it's official picture, looks cool. And, did you discuss the uh, Wonder Woman thing? Uh, I did on the Gremlins 2 episode. I did I did review that, uh, my right. thoughts on it. So, uh, But the official trailer, the one that they showed at Comic-Con, Warner Brothers is not going to release that. I do know that for confirmation. So no. uh, you do have to find that dark down a dark alley. You will not be able to see that officially. <laughs> so, All no right. Problem. I think it's time we roll into Better Off Dead, sir. All right. Let's do this. Does it ever feel like everyone's got more going than you do? Oops. That everyone is smart. So you're Al Myers, kid? Yes, I am. You look pretty stupid to me. Thank you. You say the best skier in town just ran off with your girlfriend? Even your younger brother does better than you do? (laughs) And that nobody even cares? That broke up with me. Oh, that's nice. Well, you might be right. But remember one thing. I haven't even been to New York City. Nobody was ever better off dead. The truth is I can out-ski you any day of the week. Oh, really? Yeah, you want to race, I'll take you on any day, sucker. Go that way, really fast. If something gets in your way, turn. All you need is guts. All right! Turn! I'm gonna race, I'm gonna lose, and I'm gonna die in that order. Go! And you'll never doubt yourself again. He's skiing on one ski! Better off dead. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. Okay, sir, so, better off dead. Uh, this is a 1985 movie, and keep in mind, uh, all I know about this movie was that John Cusack was in it. Let me just say this. I am a humongous John Cusack fan. One of my favorite actors. He's always he's always gold for me. No matter what he's in, I can always find anything gold that he does. He's just he's fantastic. I love this guy. But for some reason, it's not that I never wanted to watch this movie. And I recognized the cover when I looked up this movie and I saw the the DVD box art. I was like, oh, I've I've seen this. I've passed it many times in in the VHS stores. You know, when we had Blockbuster and they did VHS and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just never got around to it. But I know that there's a lot of love for this movie, and I've come to find out as of recently just how much there really is. And I can't wait to talk about it. And I had no idea what the story was about. I didn't read any plot synopsis or anything. I just, I luckily, it was on YouTube, the whole entire movie, yep. which, which was great. And, of course, I posted it for the nation. Hey, in case you know... You know, you don't have the movie, it's on YouTube, watch it, email in. There you go. So I got on my laptop, my girls were away at their cousin's house, and I put on YouTube, and I watched this thing, and just, you know, as I do with everything else, just have a clean slate, open mind, enjoy myself. I went in with no expectations, but the only expectation I really had is that this was a beloved movie, so I need to really kind of, you know, watch this with open eyes and new eyes, but also keep people's nostalgia feelings in check as well. Kind of like the Raiders, but this one was more fun in in that aspect because it's supposed to be like uh, just a teen romantic comedy. So with that being said, before we get into the details of it, what's your history with this movie? Uh, This was, this movie is, uh, 
the first movie I saw of John Cusack's. This was what really brought me into the world of especially 1980s John Cusack, who I just I just love his library of 80s movies specifically. Um, and just it's one of those movies that for the longest time that I would watch like pretty religiously, you know, because there's just so much going on in this movie. Um, and so I this really kind of introduced me to the greatness that is the Cusack family. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, his sister, Joanne, uh, or is it Joan? Joni? Joan. Joan. My first movie that I ever saw of hers was My Bodyguard with Adam Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? Where, I do. Oh, man, that is a classic. And <laughs> I, that's luckily on, because uh, I went looking for streaming services. I have Netflix, and I was looking for other ones to fill the void. But on uh, Netflix, I believe, is My Bodyguard. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in forever. But that's, the, I believe I saw her first before I ever saw John Cusack film. So I can't okay. remember what my first John Cusack movie is. But the movie that made me, like, fall in love with him was Con Air. And then I would rewatch all of his stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's right. He was, you know, he was a nerd in this movie, like in 16 Candles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, just going back and watching the stuff. But for some reason, this movie... Uh, always got a, I just never made it. But during the underground hour, Lisa sent in uh, underground hour request, and of course, I got introduced to Better Off Dead soundtrack, and I was like, "Wow, this song is amazing! I can't wait to watch the movie." So, <laughs> all right, sir. So, so starting off, one thing I did notice is we kind of got a mannequin style opening, and an you know emana- animation, animated, yeah, animated style of mm-hmm. opening credits. Pretty cool. Doesn't last as long as Mannequin. I think there was a vote we had. Like, what was your what's your favorite animated opening sequence for a movie? And I was like, don't you guys remember Better Off Dead? I just watched it. So uh, it's kind of interesting. What do you think of the opening here? Yeah, it's a fun time. You know, if we if we're voting, I I think the Mannequin is the best animated opening. But I agree, hundred um, percent. Yeah, but it also this this opening kind of foreshadows uh, a scene later on in the movie. Yeah. You know. Now, you want to know what's funny? The night prior to watching this, uh, I put on On Demand, and I was looking for some movies. And I went to the free movie section, and there was uh, Ending Soon. And, of course, one of them was Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, huh. For some reason, Nightmare on Elm Street's been on twice the past two weeks, and I've been catching in pieces, so I decided to watch it from the beginning. So needless to say, when I see Tina in the very beginning of this movie, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's Tina. Oh, my gosh. I actually got excited. Now, in a couple of minutes, my feelings are going to change. But Mm -hmm. when I first saw her face, I got excited. Amanda, uh, is it Amanda Weiss? Amanda Weiss, yeah. She was Johnny Depp's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Good old Tina. And uh, let's just say later on, it's a good thing Tina gets murdered by Freddy Krueger because, (laughs) oh, my gosh. But so this opening sequence, sir, where we get our our first contact with John uh, Cusack's character. His name is uh, Lane Meyer. Yep. He, he wears socks in the shower. <laughs> kind of oddball. I I guess I should say this about this movie is there's a lot of scenes that I, I really enjoy. And then there's some scenes that go like off the wall. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? And I, I kind of had to go like 40 minutes in and put my Howard the Duck mode in almost to kind of be like to accept all the craziness that happens out of the story they're trying to tell. You know what I mean? It's kind of some yeah, of this. There's, there's a lot of off the wall stuff that happens in this movie. Oh, there's a ton, but I, 
for me, that's kind of the one of the things I love about this movie is there. This movie is so full of just crazy characters. Re- there's really very few normal human beings in this movie. Everybody is just an extreme character, and uh, it's like a it's it's a weird universe that Lane lives in. Yeah, you know, it's a very strange universe, and. You would think that him being the lead of the movie, that he would be like the normal one, surrounded by a bunch of crazies, because you see that in movies. But he's he's not normal either, man. You know, he's he's a very screwed up guy too. And uh, yeah, so, so <laughs> scenes don't always work. You know. Yeah, I I love his closet though. That has oh, uh, he's got a mild. Let's just say before you get to the closet, right? You you pan <laughs> his room, and right? You see right. that whoever this cat is before we meet him. You just see pictures, wallpapers of pictures of a girl, of this girl, and you you we finally meet Lane, and and he goes into his closet, and you find out this cat's got a mild obsession with Beth. <laughs> Every hanger has her head on it. It's he's got a crazy obsession with his girl Beth. With with the socks thing, why did he take a shower with his socks? I mean, he two... just can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why does he? Why? Why does he shove Q-tips in his mouth? Oh, that that scene's excellent. We'll talk. We'll, we'll get there a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely a, a super fun opening, and, and I think what makes it even more fun is after I see the ridiculous paperboy that it's going to get even more ridiculous as things go on because this paperboy comes around and there's a garage door and you see all these broken windows and you see this dad there's one window left and you're just like okay he's trying to get the garage door open before the paperboy comes and breaks it right and this dad is super funny this whole garage door sequence with the window is funny but so why doesn't he just stand in front of that window let paper hit him What made it so funny, though, is when the door drops and yeah. it shatters the window. I, that was brilliant. Now, the mom, instantly I said Teen Wolf 2 because the mom uh, is uh, the teacher in Teen Wolf 2. And she's also in Halloween uh, Curse to Michael Myers. She gets mm-hmm. she gets chopped in the face by an axe. But she's a, she's a kooky character. She's full on crazy. Oh, my gosh. This lady cooks, no, boils bacon. Am I correct? You said you didn't like how greasy it was when I fried it, so I boiled it. Yeah, she's always trying new culinary creations. She's she's trying to be a great Susie homemaker. You know, she has good intentions, but she's just bonkers crazy. Bonkers crazy. I mean, this has got to be top of the chain of our movies we've talked about of craziness, right? Yeah, and it's great because... I think that the only person in this movie who is mostly normal is his dad. He seems oh. to live in this world of like, what is going on around here? Like, I just want to look. No, I don't want to eat this, but he tries it. Like, all right, I guess I'm eating it. You know, <laughs> he gets cereal boxes that are cut open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just like, what? Come on. Oh. Can we just eat the cereal before we cut the boxes up? Dude, just... I, I would argue Lane is a little bit more sane than his dad, but I don't know. I... Really? You just asked why he wears socks in the shower. Well, fair enough. I mean, you're I mean, his right. His dad's just like, hey. He has know, no I... luck, in all honesty. This guy, he, he can't catch a break. No. No. He, he's got, he goes to get cereal. That spills all over. 
Because um, his son Badger, the the youngest son who never says a word, not a is word. obsessed with cutting UPC symbols and, and mail-in order things to destroy the world with. I had no idea what to think of this guy. I was yeah. just like, okay, this is the little brother. Because, see, keep in mind, I'm trying to see how many 80s cliches I can find in this movie, right? You know, because I, I sent you a text. I was like, I'm going to play a game and see if I can guess how things go. I only got one thing right in this whole movie. But, uh, yeah, the little brother. Crazy guy. And and really, he's the one character in this movie that I don't like. I, I would agree. A hundred percent. Even the douchebag works for this movie. But the oh, little brother. totally. The little brother insane can we talk statutory rape for god's sake in one scene oh wait i do love that scene <laughs> when we get to it yeah well, that scene we always cracks it. me up right okay so instantly when i saw the the quote-unquote girl next door because i thought that was actually her house which is mm-hmm. the french girl i was oh, like eat. okay this is going to be the some kind of wonderful that's his best friend he's gonna fall in love but then i find out oh wait she doesn't speak english She's a foreign exchange student. I'm like, oh, man, I sure hope he gets with her. But damn, he can't get with her because she doesn't speak English. So this is how I felt for 40 minutes. I was really my my heart. My heartstrings, they were tugging away because I'm like, man, he really would go good with this girl. But damn, she doesn't speak English. Besides, she's Ricky's girl. Yeah. Can I say this? Jameson, you never told me you were in a movie, man. Hey, hey, I am no Dan Schneider. (laughs) My man Dan Schneider is great in this movie. I mean, you got to admit, on the poster, you look just like the guy. Come on. Let's be right. honest here. If I'm putting this down for next summer, that's a smack <laughs> in the face. No, didn't somebody call you out of that when we posted the poster? Like, Jameson, you never told me you were in this movie. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to look at some names. I didn't see that. <laughs> somebody else is due for one, too. Oh, man. See, and that's, about, that's great, too. I mean, because the neighbors are nuts. You've got Ricky, who is full-on creeper. And his mom, who's insane, and Monique, who doesn't speak a word of English, the foreign exchange student, who's just no idea what's going on. I mean, that's it's a it's some weird people in this neighborhood. Man, can we can we talk about the cuteness factor of Monique for a second, man? Go ahead. Like, no. Do you <clears throat> think she's cute, sir, or no? She's cute enough. Okay. There's <laughs> my my cute is is in this movie later on. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm excited to find out who this is because we all know it ain't no uh, no Beth because you know no. I hated her after she throws Lane's picture in the in the garbage. She's gonna dump him. They've only been together for six months, but immediately when she dumps him, I'm like, huh? Well, I'm <laughs> glad you died in Nightmare on Elm Street, girl. <laughs> you know what I love? Uh, since you're talking about Beth, I love she's sitting in her room and she's debating. Now she's dating Lane. But then there's the jerk Stalin, and uh, and she's holding the eight by ten frame with Lane's picture in it, and she pulls it out, eh, and she puts it in another. I love that she has eight by ten headshots of all these guys, <laughs> where she can just swap them out. We're like, I like him now. Where's his headshot? There it is. Put that in the frame now. I I think that's hilarious. Now you think she got the headshots from the producer of the film? Just say, hey, I need a headshot. Hook me up. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, it basically looked like the headshots that got them the roles. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're like, hey, you know, I love those. Like, I think Pee Wee, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, they have a headshot of Large Marge. I'm just yep. like, where'd you guys pull that out of? You know, but yeah, I hear you. And 
the the guy she likes, total tool. I mean, seriously, this guy is like I, he belongs with the Revenge of the Nerds guys, right? I mean, let's face it. Exactly. But but I do. I had no idea Booger was in this. He was not even in the credits. So when I saw him, man, I started jumping up for joy, man. Heck I really yeah. did, dude. It was amazing. Uh, Curtis Armstrong plays Charles DeMar. He's and, so good. Uh, he is so, so funny. Um, I, I really love the fact that they kind of hid his name from the credits. I'm not sure. I mean, this is 1985, so I think Revenge of the Nerds was 84, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but I'm, I'm guessing that he... You think they would have capitalized off it? I, I'm guessing that this was probably made before Nerds came out. Okay, fair you enough. You know, like they, this was already filming when Nerds came out and all that stuff. And so I'm guessing because you'd think they would want to at least capitalize off it if the success of Nerds had already happened. Now, you know who I was excited to see was uh, <laughs> was Yuji Okamoto. Our, our, a- our, a- 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 our a- Asian a- race drivers. A.K.A. Chosen from Karate Kid Part 2. Oh, man. Oh. I now, this is one of the most memorable parts about this movie. And the, one of the things I absolutely love is because it's so insane is when Lane, anytime he's driving somewhere, he'll come up to a stoplight. And all of a sudden, here comes this car next to him at the stoplight. And there's two there's two Asian guys. <laughs> one of them is the driver. They're both wearing matching, like, gold jackets. And the guy in the passenger seat, they have a big megaphone on the roof. And he's doing a... Bad Howard Cosell impression, and these guys race. Uh, Lane Meyer pulls out his like his mom's dishwasher gloves. Yeah, it's on the ski goggles, and it's time to race. You can tell this has happened many, many times. Because this guy, he thinks he's part of the worldwide world of sports. Right. Right. Okay. Because that was a show way back in the '80s, which got canceled. It was. Yeah, I think I used to watch that. Uh, yeah, it was super fun. I said immediately I saw his face. I was like, "Chosen," and you speak English. Good time. Well, he, that's not his voice. Well, I, yeah, clearly I know that, but <laughs> it was still funny. And then I see Porky's. I'm like, "Hell no, Porky's is in this movie." I, of course, I can't remember the guy's name. All I know is he he plays the same guy. He he wears the same clothes. They even have kind of a joke about Porky's with the name of the place that Lane will work at Lane later Burger. on. Yeah. It was super fun. I was like, wow, is this like a cameo film movie or what? You know, it was a good time. Son, I'm going to activate your dental plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. So basically you find out that skiing is involved in this movie. Um, which I thought Skiing was is of, a big sport in this school. Yeah, big, big sport. So there's these ski tryouts. And so the whole point of this tryout is for Lane to kind of win Beth back. Is that the purpose of this in the beginning? Well, I mean, he hasn't really lost her yet. It's basically just to oh, join yeah. the ski team. Yeah. He you know, he doesn't it. find out until afterwards that Mr. Meyer has lost his girl, but it's to join the ski team. And, and of course, Stalin, the big stud, he's the only one that knows how to ski the K-12. Uh, you know, he's a big, the big show off jock. Um, and Lane just wants to get on the team because that's, that's what it's all about. You know, one thing I really did enjoy is, 
you know, despite all the real crazy fun factor stuff that happens in this movie, I like that they try to keep the skiing. They try to make you think it's John Cusack. You know, they don't make you say clearly it's another person doing it. They do a really good job with the camera effect of, of really making it look like it's him. And at least they got the right body double and all this and that. So I appreciated that because, you know, mm-hmm. they, they could have been lazy about it. And, you know, sometimes you can clearly tell all, you know, like we talked about in True Lies. Well, that's clearly a stunt guy, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I, I appreciated that for kind of a, a quirky, funny movie, they took that kind of serious. I thought that was nice. I agree. So now let's talk about the suicide, the first suicide <laughs> of the movie. Right. Um, he's lost. He's lost his girl. Yeah, Beth is gone with, with the jerk. He, he's lost his girl. I don't want to go on. And he wants to hang himself. I'd be better off dead. <laughs> can can I say the only part I have a problem with this scene is I never find out how he gets out from being hung when his mom comes and knocks him. He's like, he decides to hang himself. He's like, oh, wait, I got something to live for. And boom, his mom comes and knocks him off and he starts to choke to death. I'm assuming that he was able to find some footing and get onto the stairs. Yeah, I I mean, in all these death scenes or attempted death scenes, they don't really tell you the aftermath. You just kind of got to make it up as you go. So you just assume that he lived. But his mom, I can't even remember why his because wasn't he in the garage? She was vacuuming. She's vacuuming. She okay. opened the door to vacuum all the way out and just shoved him right off the ledge. Oh man, so good, dude. His mom is so great though. She's just raising so... food, raising food. It's it's this clear, goopy gelatin with you like raisins. It's got raisins, and I love the when she describes the recipe. I got this recipe. I want to try. And now the magazine got wet, so some of the pages stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just and the food it literally crawls off the plate when she slops this goop on. Uh, she's just so genuine, though. You know, she's so naive and so genuine yeah. and just like, I made it. You like raisins. <laughs> so great. I like how you could clearly tell that the table was slanted so that oh, yes. way the food would fall. I thought that was priceless. I'm like, OK, that was good. But you're right. I think that's why I enjoy her so much is she's genuine. Kind of yeah. like the dad. I don't know. I really enjoy the dad because you're. I guess you're right. He is the the most sane person in this movie. Guy always just comes around bad luck. He's got to buy a book on how to talk to his son later on in the movie. Right. He's, he's just funny guy. He man. just wants to talk to. Look, Lane, we got to talk about that car, right? <laughs> there was a crisp September morning. You said you needed two hundred dollars to get this car because Beth said it was quote tasty. <laughs> and it has darkened my driveway ever since. Okay, now. This is 1985, so $200 then, what's the equivalent of that in 2014? Your kid comes up to you and says, Dad, I need this car. That's $1,000. It's $1,000. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know. That's what I would guess. Okay. For a junker car like that, I don't know, 800 bucks. But yeah, it's just sitting there. Like, I just, I just love the word tasty when he says it. Yeah. Because your Cause girlfriend, Beth, said it was, quote, tasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. So, um, Badger seven doesn't talk. That's what I wrote. I'm trying to remember. Badger, yes, he is seven. He never, well, he never talks in the movie. Badger, uh, who's Badger seven? What am I? What I don't know I? what Badger seven is. Badger's his little brother. Okay. Oh yeah. Bad- he's seven years old. Yeah. Cause he's Badger. almost eight. He's like, there you go. you're almost eight years old. Why are you messing around with these toys? And Dang. he turns and fires the laser. Yeah. That, that, that was the scene. What I was talking about. Yeah. He doesn't talk. He blows stuff up. It's like he makes this, uh, this toy gun. With the laser in it. I mean, 
Yeah, it, a it, functional laser. Jeez, oh, man. This kid, man. This kid has issues, sir. I don't. Not know. only does he not talk, he has no expression on his face for the majority of the movie. He's just stone-faced. It's, he just sits there and cuts things out of magazines, and he's always filling out things to mail away for. Well, to be fair, though, his head's pretty much down the whole time because he's always writing something. So I guess he's stone-faced in that way. But you're right. When he does lift his head, it's kind of like no emotion. You know, I'm like... But hmm. it's at this point that the doorbell rings. Right. After the laser goes off, the doorbell rings. Who's at the door? It's the paper boy. Oh, God. <laughs> and the paper boy is what? I want my $2. He is the, I, I swear, this is the most lasting part of this whole movie. Is <laughs> everybody knows I want my $2. I never it, did, but now oh, I do Oh, man. Know. I don't know how you escaped this movie. I don't know how you dodged anything about this movie your whole I, life. I know, right? It's insane. It is. I love the excuses that he's giving because he just doesn't want to give the kid the $2 look. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was priceless. Oh man, like oh man, my grandmother uh, took LSD and hijacked a bus full of penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Just like all these stories, and the kid—I don't know if you've ever seen this kid in anything else. He was a—he was in another great one of my uh, guilty pleasures of the '80s. He looked very familiar. Yeah, who is? Uh, so I want my two dollars. Kid was actually the star. Well, one of the stars of Back to the Beach, with. Annette and uh, oh what's the name? He was their son. Now he was Bobby from Back to the Beach, which I absolutely love. I it, think it's a great cult classic. Back to the Beach. This is the one that has Pee Wee Herman doing yes. bird, 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 bird. Is the That's word, right? right. Okay. Ph- phenomenal guilty pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay. With Raiders of the Lost Ark, I intentionally, or you know, I, I purposely avoided that movie. This mm-hmm. one I didn't. So you're right. And I love, what did you send me a text where like you and Sarah were making fun of me because you're like, how the hell could you have missed this gem and Sarah's all the like, 80s Sarah's like, how do you watch so many 80s movies and never have seen one of the best? <laughs> like, how did you avoid that? I have no idea. I'm in all of these scenes, all of the scenes, there wasn't one scene that was familiar. So it's not like I flipped on TV one day, watched part of this. I actually love that. You know? I actually really love that. What? That you have like absolutely no idea what's going on in this movie. Yeah. That that makes me happy. I'm pleased by that. Okay. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> because I, this is like, you know, brand new movie for me, you know, I like uh, brand new movie just came out today, throw it on, watch it, you know. Yep. None of this was like nostalgia for me. I had no idea like the Paperboy thing, I thought it was like a one-time gag. I had no idea it was going to be throughout the whole entire movie. And at first I was like, okay, this is a kind of ridiculous. Paperboys all like, you know, get together and they're going to attack and stuff like that. And the end, we won't even talk about that until we get to the end. <laughs> but yeah, I want my $2. Eventually I had to put myself in Howard the Duck mode and be like, okay, this movie is off the wall. This is how I got to look at it for these scenes because there's some scenes that are just so good, so centered, especially like the Lane and Monique stuff. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love and cherish that part of the story. It's phenomenal. And then I get singing hamburgers, for God's sake. Oh, we'll get to that. I'm like, what the (laughs) hell am I watching? So, yeah, we'll get there in a little bit. But stuff like that where I'm just like, okay, now I got to shut my brain off and and transfer myself in Howard the Duck mode. That's the only way I'm going to be able to make sense of this stuff. Um, 
So when Lane comes to the table and there's milk laying out, this is, I think, like he feeds the, the cat. Yep. Uh, uh, what, is it cereal he gives the no, cat? No, he's he get... feeding the cat cat food. Okay. He's pouring himself cat food as well. How long has that milk been sitting on the table? <laughs> I know. He shows up and there's just milk. He wakes up to a note on his forehead said, hey, we had to leave. And, yeah, it just goes downstairs. He's totally out of it. And, yeah, pours the cat some cereal, pours him, or pours the cat some cat food, pours himself a bowl of cat food, and hey, the milk's just sitting out on the table. <laughs> that's what you do with milk, right? You just leave it on the counter all day? Yeah. And, and that's when the paperboy's like, I want my $2 plus tip. Yep. You know, and he has that comb, the exact knife comb. <laughs> I still have that thing, man. I, yep. used to, I used to take the comb piece out because it was just a little piece of plastic, yep. and, and I would use it as my switchblade whenever I play Cops and Robbers. That's sure. what I would do. So I had three of those. I think we all did. Yeah. Good times, man. I That that had to have been nostalgia-wise. My favorite part of the movie was seeing that all over again. I, wanted, I went on eBay looking for one. That's how great it was. Nice. Man. It was awesome. So then, sir, we get the uh, the breakup song portion of the movie where he goes on the radio and every single song is a breakup song. What do you yeah, think of, of this, sir? <laughs> of course. That's how it happens, man. And, and you could just easily rip rip out your radio just like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bad enough. Okay. So then I see the most ridiculous, ridiculous classroom scene I have ever seen in a the movie math class. <laughs> when when i see the the teacher from uh the guy from ghost who teaches patrick swayze how to be a ghost yeah. i love this guy he's great he's, he's, he's insane so creepy. yeah he's so creepy what is up with this class i thought this was a dream i really did i was like this can't be legit for real you know um talk about this scene sir what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> it's a real weird scene um i I don't especially understand why it's in here because um, it is kind of out of left field and kind of pulls the whole story out. But it's weird. You know, he's in class. It basically is to show that he is he is nowhere near a good student. You know, <laughs> he's the math teacher is going on and on about all these quotients and theorems and all this stuff and it makes a math joke and everyone in the class. <laughs> and he's like, Oh yes. So this was your homework. Show me. And uh, kids opening up, they're printing off spreadsheets, girls pulling out files, sorters, all this stuff. And he like, Oh, homework. Yeah. Reaches in, pulls out a piece of paper, opens it up with the gum stuck in the middle of it. Like, was this his homework? And then it look, it just says do homework on top of it. Like, Oh, yeah. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, he's not doing well right now. But what I do love, though, is they kind of save face and they don't make him like a total idiot because he does go up to the board. And he pretty much didn't even have to do the homework. He pretty much knew it. The only thing he did was kind of draw a big guy on, on the board. But he had the equations and stuff. It looked like they were all correct. So I did appreciate that aspect that they didn't make him look like a complete idiot that, you know, he actually knew what he was doing. But doesn't it go into like a cartoon or like just the memory thing? Cause he starts freaking out in the classroom. I no, can't, I can't remember this cause I know there's a cartoon later on. The cartoon comes right after this. He goes to the cafeteria. Oh, that, that's sitting when it, okay. in the cafeteria and, uh, sketching in his sketchbook. So, and that's when the sketch comes alive. Okay. So at the board, what happens at the board here? He's got to do the equation on the board, and doesn't he have a memory about Beth or this something? This is when they're at the park. He's remembering when they first met. Oh, okay. That's and uh, when when uh, 
What's what's Booger's name in this movie? He's just Booger. Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, Booger is uh, Charles. Charles. He's yeah. like, I've been in here at this high school for seven and a half years. <laughs> There's one thing I know about girls. But yeah, he, isn't this where he has the flashback to when they first met and the uh, they both think each other's giving yeah, them the no, subliminal the no, messages? Yeah, the nose thing. He steps yeah. in the the people's picnic yep. and and then they start touching each other's nose and this and that. Yeah, that that's what that was about. So yeah, yeah. And that's where you get the I've been in high school for seven and a half years and <laughs> you know which is good. It makes you know because he clearly the guy does looks his age. So yeah, you know. Exactly. At least they went about that. So yeah, then we get the lunchroom with the uh, with the crazy cartoon, and I actually enjoyed this scene. I actually yeah. I actually thought it was pretty funny. Um, it, you know, the monster eating, and as you said, the credits kind of play to this scene exactly. Right. You know, so I see. Thought- and for me, I was I've never been a big fan of the whole animated sequence, but with his sketchbook. Okay. I don't know why. It just it's always just kind of pulls me out of the movie for a second when he's drawing her in this monster and this starts she starts talking to him and all this stuff the monster goes crazy and for some reason i never i just i don't know oh because he he starts looking at the other girl the the girl who's dating the entire basketball team like i could probably get hurt and the, the animated beth is belittling him <laughs> you could never get her you're worthless <laughs> yeah this, this actually works for me because in for me i know it's all in his head it's the it's the stupid talking burger stuff that pulls me out so i i totally understand where you're coming from this scene works for me doesn't work for you and the other one doesn't work for me but the basketball team ridiculous they don't say a single word they're just they like, just go <laughs> can we talk about one thing though yeah that i love um is the the when you're in the cafeteria the amazing fashion choices that you get to see on all of these students in the cafeteria it is like a who's who of Every fashion choice from 1985. You've got the one kid dressed up as thriller era Michael Jackson. Right. You've got the guy in line behind Lane when he's on his roller skates with dressed up as like, I don't know, he's like trying to pull off a Terminator look or something. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's just there's so much going. You look around all the corners of the cafeteria and there's so much going on. It is a, a time capsule of its time, that's for sure. The only thing we're missing is the Mark Harmon summer school cutoff shirt, you know, <laughs> right. which, you know, uh, a heterosexual could not pull off today, but you could <laughs> in the 80s. So that's the only thing we're missing from this sequence here uh, for time capsule purposes, of course, as you were Ooh. saying. So that's the only thing we're missing. So this this just in, I, I just got a message delivered to me. Oh boy! Uh, this is I'm uh, breaking news real quick here. Um, I've got a message from Peter uh, for you. It says, "Oh man, you ain't never met no Martin Luther the King." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need your impression, sir. Let's do it. Is that velvet? Come on, let's hear it. What is that? Is that velvet? <laughs> Oh, man, I love it. So good. Because uh, pulling back for you guys, not a part of the STL Nation. I don't know why you wouldn't be. But we had a discussion of the uh, Fresh Prince. or No. Yes. It was Fresh Better Prince. Prince. Yeah. Better, Better Prince. Prince. Fresh Prince or? Or Akeem. Prince Akeem. Yeah. Right. And, of course, that, then we started our uh, our Coming to America catchphrases as we as we do. And I, and I, I needed your impression of is that velvet? And uh, I didn't get it in word fashion, of course. So I'm sorry. 
<sighs> but I got it now, so I feel good. So. Yay! <laughs> well, way to go, Peter. You derailed the podcast. Good job, sir. <laughs> and spoiler alert, me and him are getting together to record The Heavenly Kid. Woo-hoo! Outstanding. Yeah, because I was like, I can talk that movie again because that was my uh, that was my second review. No, yes, no it's it my was. third review. So I want to talk about it again because I got some new things to say. He's like, let's do it. So we're getting together tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that episode. Post- You've been warned. Yeah. And, uh, you know, STL, sir. 50,000 downloads, man. Over 50, Or as Jason 000. says, three <laughs> too many zeros. <laughs> Dude, I love that. I thought that was great, man. Uh, what would what would a comment be without Jason, you know? We got we got to have that Jason comment in there to bring things down. It's all good. Precisely. <laughs> but thank you all for listening. All 50,000 of you, even though I know oh, there's 50,000 <laughs> of you. Good lord. Oh man. So uh-huh. It's all good. It's all good in the hood, sir. Back to the movie. Back to the movie. So, like like this movie, it's derailing. So, yep. Got to derail the episode. So, here we go. All right. So, what's what's next? Is it Christmas time now? Was was this Jameson with Jello scene? No, that no. We got to cut cut that out there. Thank you, son of a. <laughs> uh, so this next door neighbor, this guy, the guy that basically thinks he's uh <laughs> the property owner of Monique. Right. Um, uh, this guy, he looks familiar. Yeah, he's Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider. Okay, so he was on Head of the Class. Oh, thank And now you. he's the current biggest thing in Nickelodeon television because he wrote every show you watch. Okay. I, I do know that Rick Rosenthal was Smitty, and he was the director of Halloween 2 and uh, a bunch of other stuff. He went on to be a director, so I remember that. But thank you. Yeah. Lil Ricky was yeah. Lil Ricky's responsible for everything on Nick TV right now. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, he's the reason why I Sam and Cat got canceled. Good job. There you go. All right. So, so the the second suicide we get, sir, is the garbage truck. Uh, the reason why this is funny is on top of a bridge, and I think he's ready to jump, but he's like, ah, oh, nah, just like before. But Booger <laughs> has to push him off the edge. <laughs> yeah, just like every time he comes to his senses. Like, no, this is dumb. And then, ah! <laughs> now, here's the best part. This, this is kind of ironic. This got me laughing. Is somebody says, somebody threw away a perfectly good white boy. Right. Which is one of our favorite lines from Men at Work. Yep. Which we were going to review, but you couldn't find the movie. So, needless to say, yeah. So, th- that that was amazing. So Somebody threw away a perfectly good white boy. I was dying laughing. Oh my god, it was so good. So, um, and uh, Twenty One Jump Street. That was the uh, the guy that uh, the guy that says that was the boss in the Twenty One Jump Street TV show. Remember that? In Twenty One Jump Street? Yeah, the, not not the movie, but the TV show. The boss. The guy that said it in this movie? Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You had me confused. Yeah, sorry. I thought it happened in Twenty One Jump Street. No, too. no, no, no. Like the guy who said that somebody yes. threw away a perfectly good white boy was the was the uh, That was Adam from Twenty One th- Jump Street. Thank you very much, sir. Our first CCP review. I don't know what that is. You can go back and listen to all the archive footage, uh, which is no longer found on iTunes. It's under a different show name, but we won't talk about that because nobody listens to that show anyway. So anyways, moving Never on. heard of it. All right. Uh what's next, sir? I don't know. The next thing I got is it's Christmas morning. I'm, I may have skipped something, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. The giant teddy bear joke. L- let's talk about Christmas morning, sir. What do you think about this scene, sir? 
There's so much I love about Christmas morning. I love that first <laughs> you see Ricky. Ricky got himself a new munchie chief for Christmas. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so gosh. Man. He's sitting there with this munchie chief, like, hey, I got what I wanted finally. It's got a clown face. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. Those things are great. Munchie cheese are great. I, the theme song was phenomenal. Everything about them was great. Now, here's what I love is the mom gives TV dinners for Christmas. Yeah, Lane's mom, she's just stacking them up. Hey, I also love the fact that in the background, you see that somebody got themselves a giant Twiki robot from from Buck Rogers. Did you notice that? Uh, considering you know I've never seen Buck Rogers. What? God, son. Okay, <laughs> so there's a there's a large life size gray robot in the background. That's Twiki from from Buck Rogers. That's like his R two D two. Right. I am I, I am familiar that. with it. Yeah. I, even though I've never seen it, I am familiar. A robot with a page boy haircut. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, her mom, Lane's mom, got everybody TV dinners. I love. She's like, this one's got meatloaf in it. You like meatloaf? And he's just stacking. His dad's just <laughs> stacking him up. Oh, got another TV dinner. Now I do like the fact that this isn't a throwaway scene because we'll use it later on, which I thought was brilliant. Right. But the 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 teddy bear thing where he calls Beth like, hey, I got you a present, and and he's describing to the audience what. Beth essentially got, which is a bigger version of his mini teddy bear that he was going to give her, and then he decided to throw it away. I thought that was awesome. That was good times. And I love that his dad, a la Christmas Story, he got something to wear. It's real aardvark fur. (laughs) Can can we talk about my favorite scene of the whole entire movie? Okay. Absolute favorite scene. This is where he goes to the garage and he's going to kill himself again yep. with carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide poisoning. Yep. And the dad, as a Christmas present, he has fixed the garage door. Looks beautiful. Oh, all got, new windows. Got a ribbon on it. Looks fantastic. He's wearing his aardvark costume. Th- this is what's so great is I had no idea what was going to happen, right? So <laughs> I'm just thinking, okay. He's going to get out of this somehow because he gets out of it all the time. But what was the beauty of is that as you're watching the dad and and her together, I forgot about Lane being in the garage, right? <laughs> so when he's like, oh, it'll be okay, and he puts it in reverse and he goes out that door, I kid you not, I was crying laughing. It was the crying laughing I did on the True Lies episode. He just blasts through the garage door. Oh, my God. And his face... <laughs> Oh my gosh, was so good, dude. This this, this was phenomenal. This this was a ten out of ten scene. This is excellent, man. The capper to me is when the neighbor comes over then, and he is also wearing an artwork costume. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I like how he's like, well, it's warm. <laughs> yep. It's ridiculous looking, but it's warm. This it's is made of real aardvark. It's like the Christmas story, you know, as you said, the big yep. gi- the big giant uh, bunny. So. Uh, and and then what? Dad gets his book. Am I correct after this? Um, yeah, he has. I think that's when he gets his book about how to tell if your kid's on drugs. Oh, th- well, the mailman first comes by. Okay, right. In this, and we actually skipped a, a little something, but we kind of wrap it up here is. So throughout the movie, um, Lane has been having nightmares, kind of daydreams that um, like his math teacher is asking, hey, can I take Beth out? You don't mind if I take Beth out. He's like, oh, she's with everybody except me. You know, he's having these crazy delusions. So the mailman shows up, and I love 
the mailman. Taylor <laughs> Negron is, I love him. It, he's been in so many great roles, even in terrible movies. Like, have you ever seen the movie Nothing But Trouble? I have. Uh, John Candy, that, yep. I hate that movie with a passion. Yes, I do too. Hate it. But he's great in it as himself and his sister. Do you know what is his best role? That would be The Last Boy Scout. And he goes to Bruce Willis with a knife to his face and says, for once, I just want to hear you scream. Play some rap music. Right there, he's, baby. Perfect. He's so great because he is – in most movies, he plays a very small role who is kind of a crazy guy. Like in uh, Days of Confused, he plays just a guy working at the uh, liquor store. Right. He's like, you going to party with the ladies? <laughs> he's, just, he's just weird and kind of creepy. And he's great in this one as the mailman. And he's reading, he's reading the mail. He's opening up – packages he's reading the magazine that he's about to deliver and like oh i better shove this back in before i ring the doorbell and you know gives lane the mail here you go whatever hey lane by the way i was gonna ask you you know you uh you broke up with beth now you mind if i take her out yeah you know and this is back in the day when mailmen could read your magazines you know sure. i mean i remember uh my dad used to get a particular magazine that we won't name on the show and the mailman would read that because my dad would complain, well, where is my particular magazine? And, of course, he was reading it for the articles. But, uh, yeah, he was always wondering, where's my magazine at? And, you know, the mailman was clearly, you know, reading that magazine. So. And and is this, is this when we find out what magazine young Badger got? Yeah. The, oh, my God. This, oh, it's ridiculous. This absolutely kills me. He... <laughs> So Badger, who is seven or eight in this movie, uh, he orders, sends away, and gets an, a mail order um, book about how to pick up trashy women. Yeah, it's so good, dude. <laughs> I love it. He gets it, and his eyes light up. The first emotion you really see from him in the whole movie, how to pick up trashy women. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're right. That's the first time his eyes light up, and you're just like, okay, it because he's been building stuff. So this one kind of seemed out of place, you know, it's it's like, okay, well, what's the deal with this? This isn't something for you to make, you know, and the laser gun thing that kind of made, that kind of made sense. You know, uh, the one at the end though, Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. 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 But you're right. This one was, it was kind of funny. It it was just kind of a good chuckle and not really knowing it's going to kind of have a, its own scene later on in the movie. You're right. That was real cool to see. He got this funny magazine. And uh, after this, Dad gets his book, but he doesn't have to talk yet. It's just you know what the book is, because he doesn't have to talk with his with with Lane yet, does he? Or, or no, he does about having to go out on a date with uh, what's her name, Joanne, right? He forced. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he gets the book to basically be give the the teenage vibe, you know, the the lingo. Yep. And says, you're going to go out on a date with Joanne. He's like, the thing on her face, you know. And he's like, look, you, you know, you need to do this. He's like, fine. And he shows up at Joanne's house, and she basically has him pay for them to not go on it's a date. So it's so insulting because she's made out. She's got the whole apparatus on her face for her 
retainer and all that stuff, right? And so he shows up, and it's uh, and he's obviously feels like he's slumming to go out with her. Like, oh man, her. All right, I'll I'll do it. And he shows up like, okay, I'm willing to uh, swallow my pride and take this girl out, whatever. And she is like, ah, oh, man, no, look, here, here's the thing. You would take me here, take me there, take me there. It would cost this much. Just give me the money, and then I don't have to be seen with you. Give me like, the $13. Oh. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, man, do you take checks? <laughs> right. Yeah, give me the $13. It's so weird. But then there's this, the, the weirdest, tra- the roughest transition in the whole movie, for me, is all of a sudden just out of nowhere, we we got a musical group playing. Now it's so just out of nowhere. You're right, it is. But I was blown away because keep in mind when I got the request from Elizabeth Daly to do the you know Better Off Dead song, I had no idea who actually sang it. When I saw her face, and I had just watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure last week, dude, I was blown away. I'm like, no way. Little Miss Pee-wee's girlfriend is Elizabeth Daly, who sings, who's a great singer. Yeah. I, I was blown away, dude. When that's I saw my girl. That. That's your girl. That's your cutie, right? That's the one. Oh man, she is She's a cutie. Great. Man. I love her in Pee-wee, man. She, she gets, she gets trashed on in that movie, man. Real hardcore. Yeah. Pee-wee, Pee-wee's a dick to her, man, in that movie. Of course. But she gets it at the end, though. You know, she, uh, she gets her movie moment, and uh, that's another movie. But it is. She kills it in this man, really. Yeah. And they really, you know, they kind of dressed her up in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so you really didn't know how good looking she really was. But in this movie, they're like, they they made her look all gem style, man. I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa. So yeah, uh, excellent soundtrack, man. Excellent. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal, man. I. I that's the thing with these 80s movies. If you have a fantastic soundtrack, that kind of makes the movie automatically that much better. You know what I mean? Like the Heavenly Kid soundtrack, Karate Kid soundtrack, the Rafe soundtrack, all these soundtracks for me, like Batman 89, that that the musical score, it just sets it just makes the movie that much better. I don't know. It's I agree. Phenomenal, man. Good stuff. So I love this song. You're right. It was kind of a weird transition. And the best thing is, isn't this where the guy that's next to Tina, who's wearing the Freddy Krueger sweater, yeah. is this at the dance? No, no, that was at the lunch line. That's at the lunch line. Okay. Because I thought that was funny. I'm like, is that on purpose that they have a guy with a Freddy sweater next to her? That that was good times. I love, man, My one of my favorite parts about this whole movie, though, is so Lane's sitting there. He's sitting there with his with this guy with booger and it's, that's all he's he is and they're just hanging out he's bumming booger's trying to offer him some advice but he just got he just got pretty much dumped by the, the chick that he didn't even want to go out with right he's like it just can't get any worse than this right and that's when stalin and uh beth and all his guys on the ski team jocks show up and he cracks the dumb joke where he's like, "Oh, look at you two, huh? Oh, you little lovebirds, you look great. Hey, maybe you should maybe you should shave her a little closer though before you go for the kiss." And Booger <laughs> cracks. I mean, hysterically cracks up at him. Like, wait, laughs way too hard at that joke just to. He, <laughs> but but that's what made me laugh so hard at I that know, joke. It's so good. <laughs> he's just he can't stop laughing at it. And it sounds like, oh, all right, fine. Walks off. <laughs> Oh, that that's the thing he because of his laughing at a ridiculous stupid joke made me just go bonkers at it it was so funny he just it, like it was the funniest thing ever yeah i can't stop i can't <laughs> now 
essentially, we are what? Maybe 30 minutes in, and this is a 97-minute movie. No, we're more than that. Maybe 40, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we get Lane and Monique together. Right? Because, Not even yet. Because they're going to meet and have that handshake that lasts for like two minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yep. that's kind of ballsy in a 97-minute movie to essentially at this time I didn't know they were getting together but I I was that's where I told you earlier I was like oh man I wanted to get together but she only speaks French this is their first time of them really getting to know each other because you saw him you saw her but it was all random scenes I think when she came over for dinner on Christmas she like kind of gave him that look and like she was kind of interested in him, so I was kind of like, well, maybe they're gonna get together. Yeah, you can tell she's miserable living with Ricky and his mom. Right, but the whole time I'm like, oh, but she speaks French. How are you gonna have an '80s movie where you have a guy who speaks English and a girl who speaks French have a love connection? I don't get how this is gonna work. So at that point, I actually wrote it off. I was like, well, clearly. He's not going to get with Monique. He'll probably get back to bat with Beth and he'll kill himself at the end of this movie. That's kind of how I thought it was going to go, actually. Mm-hmm. So they have the handshake, and which, of course, uh, what's his name? Doesn't Ricky. like it. Yeah, Ricky. Um, this handshake lasts like two minutes and stuff. <laughs> they must really like shaking hands in France. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, it was it's such a good scene, though, man. I really dig it. But doesn't the kid, the paper boy, come at this point and say, $2, $2? Uh, is this when he's walking home? Yeah. After this? Yeah, that's when that's when all yeah, the paper all the boys. Yeah, all the paper boys, yeah, come after him. It's, yeah. it's so dumb. This scene is really dumb. It really is, but I don't know. I, I totally forgave it, and I totally went along with it at the same uh-huh. time. You know what I mean? I know. It's not nearly as dumb as the scene I'm going to get to in a little bit. So. All right. <laughs> but needless to say, man, this is this is phenomenal. I'm loving it. It's good stuff. Yeah, so Lane starts working. He gets a job. He's working at the Pig Burger, the local fast food burger joint. And he's working for, we didn't mention, every time he got into one of these races with his fellow street racers, he would end up smashing into a the same guy's truck over and over. Right. And we find out that, oddly enough, that guy is the owner of the Pig Burger. And and this guy acts like he's never seen him before, even though he tries to fight him every time they get into an accident. But he acts as though he's never seen this. What's your name? Meyer? Uh, and he's just disgusting. He puts his cigar out in the burger. <laughs> <laughs> cleans his I'm gonna retainer go wash, out. i go wash the... my hands. You wash your hands on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is when we get the iconic lane kind of daydream sequence the the Ugh. which is really at its time groundbreaking animation i give it that but this really this is the point where i where i went howard the duck i really yeah you did. can go you can go one of two ways with this people love it or people hate it because it is kind of really it's the most far out that this movie goes i agree is where he he is making the burgers and he slips into daydream land and becomes Dr. Frankenstein and creates an animated burger that comes to life. And you know, the theme of the restaurant is everybody wants some. So you get the great Van Halen song. Can I tell you how much I hated this scene? (laughs) All right, go ahead. I went from a five to a three. All right. That's how much I hated this scene. I was at a five star the whole movie, and this sequence came, and I went right down to a three. It's I, understandable. I was, I was, uh, uh-uh. I was at this point. 
I didn't know. I was like, okay. I had to make a choice. I literally stopped the movie and I said, okay. So the only way this movie is going to redeem itself is if uh, maybe Lane and Monique get together or I don't get any more of these sequences. I just was like, okay, Howard the Duck. I absolutely love that movie. Most people hate it. Let me go on Howard the Duck boat. When I did that, my three went to a four. So I, I kind of like I kind of forgave it, and I was like, okay, it's a stupid sequence. It's the worst sequence of the movie so far. But everybody keeps telling me it's going to get better and better and better. So I'm like, let me continue on and see what happens. That's where I was at this point in the movie. That's understandable, and and that is really the one scene that not having seen it back in the day is going to hurt it. Because it is kind of a divisive scene for this movie because it is so out there. But if you saw this movie in 1985, 1986, this was something pretty extraordinary. This was like when this and like the Dire Straits video, Money for Nothing, and they were able to use the neon and all the the computer technology in that video. Yeah. Stuff like this was revolutionary at the time, you know? And so... So it's like, what? What is this? You know, and it was basically just throwing a music video into the middle of a movie for no reason. Yeah. But at the time, I remember being like, this is crazy. You know, and it does lose its appeal after rewatching. You know, it's like, okay, whatever. But, you know, so I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. Because had I had that nostalgia factor, I probably... You know, let's face it, the planes, trains, and autobus scene, the one that we don't like, the one where he turns us to the devil, mm-hmm. you know, we, we forgive it because of the nostalgia factor, but saying I had never seen that movie, that may be a scene that I absolutely hate, kind of like this one, you know. Right. Uh, but if I put myself in kind of the, as I like to say, the Howard the Duck mode, then I then I can kind of go along with it. I still don't like it because it's way out there and it's really going beyond what this movie has been doing for me. But I can forgive the scene easier versus if I'm just watching it as just a regular movie, that's when I went straight to a three star. And I was like, okay. So I had to make a choice at this moment. And I'm glad I did because the rest of the movie obviously will pick up as we'll, as we'll get going here. But, um, but I'm glad you... Kind of see where I'm going with that scene. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he gets fired. Uh, you know, he makes his little. You know, the scene ends, and uh, he's doing some crazy stuff. Made a mess in the kitchen. I enjoy the fact he gets fired. And he he actually crashes next to Beth's table, uh, and then he gets kind of made fun of, and he decides he's gonna he's just gonna take off. And what happens after this, sir? I believe this is when they uh, we have the dinner at his oh, house. Oh, I'm real sorry your mom blew up. <laughs> Gee, Ricky, I'm, I'm sorry your mom blew up. This, she drinks kerosene. Oh, now, oh, he tried to kill himself here, but this doesn't make any sense. Wait, I thought he tried to kill himself at Christmas. But, he did. But she drinks it here, so why am I getting this confused? I don't know why you're getting confused, because he... That was Christmas. Was the carbon monoxide? Carbon monoxide oh, there you go. Okay. This so. one is they're they're having dinner and she's they're in celebration of Monique. Okay, and he wants he wants to kill himself because he got fired. That that's right. his motivation exactly. here. Okay. There so you go. here we got go. It. I've got French fries. <laughs> I've got French toast or French bread. I've got French dressing. There's dinner. Eat up. Oh. And that's what Ricky's mom drinks the kerosene. And lights the cigarette <laughs> and blows up. I, I love how she's the only one that's damaged in this explosion, right? Yep. The whole front of the house explodes. <laughs> and but, then we cut to the, Ricky and Monique and Lane in the car 
gee, I'm real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. <laughs> so great. Now, uh, at this point, we get good old Chosen from Karate Kid 2 shows up wanting a race. And Monique, she wants a race too, baby. And and for the first time, Lane has he wants nothing to do with this. He is done with these guys. Like he's just like, what else can happen? They pull up Lane Meyer, a young upstart, and he's like, no, I'm not doing this. And the light turns green, and she stomps on the gas, <laughs> and away we go, right? Right. And this scene actually was really cool. I like I I like the backward flip. You know, into the mud puddle, whatever it was. You're not going to go over the speed limit, Ricky, or Lane. <laughs> the speed limit is there for a reason. Oh, man, it was so good. I really enjoy it. And the best part is, is that he's kind of freaking out until she sees her laughing, and then he starts laughing. It was like, yep. I don't, it kind of set their relationship, kind of set the fire to their relationship at that moment in time. Right. And now, I did think it was stupid that when they get to the school, they open the door and the you know the birds, the ducks come out. Right. I was, I was like, why would you drive with those in there? But it was for pure comic relief. Yep. I get it. It's cool. I forgive it. Again, I forgive way more stuff than this, so it's cool. Uh, but, yeah, that's when we find out about the K-12 challenge. Yes. Uh, this is where Lane is actually sitting with Monique at a table. And we get the challenge uh, because don't they start messing with Monique and Hey, voulez-vous vous à la soirée, huh? <laughs> yeah, Stalin gets all creepy towards her. Yeah, and we get a challenge. He's like, "Look, I like I'll outski you any day of the week." I like this scene. He really, you know, this could have been like a Daniel Larusso, like you know, wimp out scene. But I like the fact that he stood up to the bully of the of the movie and just like look i could take you let's do this you know and i think in his mind he thought he would chicken out he probably didn't think he was going to accept the offer right. you know so i really enjoyed that i thought that was cool i mean clearly it was kind of uh i don't know you, you kind of knew it was going to happen but never seen this the first time i thought it was a nice sequence that he stood up you know stood up for his woman which isn't officially his woman yet and then you know give you the you know the climax of the movie if you will so right now uh you find out she's a mechanic because of the <laughs> fact of she uh looks at the car and she has a smile well first wait you you are skipping one major point what's that she speaks english no no no, no this isn't yet this yeah is... she speaks english in the driveway no 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 yes no. she does she before she starts speaking english she she looks over at the tarp and gives him a look and he's like, Oh, that's just my old car. And she smiles. And then another sequence happens. It's not until she starts throwing the ball that she speaks English. She looks mm. at the car first and smiles. And that's when I knew she was a mechanic because of the fact she had that smile. I was like, Oh, well she's clearly going to be a mechanic at the end well, of the movie. If she smiled, you know, she's a mechanic, right? I just, it was just the way she smiled. I was like, okay, well she's clearly going to fix up the car. I mean, they wouldn't talk about the car if it wasn't going to come into play at some point in the movie. And she's not going to look at the car and smile if she's not going to fix it up. So that was cliche. That, that car is tasty. Yeah. And then that's when she, he comes home later and she's throwing softballs at the side. And mm. then, she speaks English. I started cheering, dude, because <laughs> at this point, when I found out she's she's you know speaks English, I was like, yes, now they can get together. 
I was I was utterly ecstatic for this scene, dude, because I was like, yes, finally Lane and Monique get together. Here we go. Let's let's roll with this story now. Let's make it happen. So yeah, I was super super excited about that, man. Good times. So and I she says something about he put his testicles all over me. I thought I yes. thought that was hilarious. You know, octopus <laughs> and his testicles. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, man. And then he's like. She's like, you won't tell my secret. He's like, what? And I, I swear he repeats about testicles. He's like, no, that I speak English. No, your secret's safe with me, you know. Right. And and then he breaks the window. How many of his kids broke windows and ran away? I, I sure did. A uh, couple times. Yeah. So this was a fun scene, man. And then that's when we get the montage scene, right? You cannot have an 80s movie if you do not have a montage Within it. Exactly. So we have a, a learning to ski montage. Yeah. I mean, this girl, she's a mechanic. She's going to teach him to ski, going to be his girlfriend. This is the. Well, she was raised in the French Alps. She knows how to ski. Yeah. This is a great montage. What I really dig is like when she's skiing between his legs. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really cool. It was good. I stuff. agree. I've, I do that all the time, though. Yeah. It's just me. And I and I like that they kind of stop the craziness for a moment, and they have, like, a serious talk where she's just like, so what's with you trying to kill yourself, un, you know, unsuccessfully? And it's just a real quiet moment of him, like, saying he made some mistakes, thinking she was the girl and all this and that. Because, there's like, at this point, there's just been craziness. There hasn't really been a quiet moment. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a nice touch. It's good stuff. Um... So, after this, man, is this where we get uh, his brother sequence with the girls? Uh, yeah, roughly in here. Uh, well, oh, roughly so, no, I no 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 the, no the that that done. already happened. I okay, mean. the car's done, and yeah. my only question was, well, where'd you get all the parts for all this? But, because the, because this scene with them quietly talking that leads to the end of the movie. Right. Because because Booger comes and skis by, right, and has a chat with him and breaks Lane's ski binding in the process. Okay, so when did the brother have chicks over? It was it must have been while he was I think it was while he was at home somewhere in the car sequence. He went upstairs or no, he came home from the dance wow we are way off people We're it's trying. when he came home from the dance is when it was okay yeah he came home he went upstairs and he was going to just go in his room and he hears music and stuff going on and yeah. he opens badger's door and there's a bunch of trashy ladies in his room yeah like the parents are going to let these girls in that was <laughs> ridiculous man yeah it was just this was another stupid scene not as stupid as the other one but this one was kind of, and I guess they were trying to do an homage to the graduate. That's what it was. So I, it was fair enough. I, I, th- I got a good laugh out of it, and I moved on. So I'm glad they didn't spend a whole lot of time on it. And I know later on he'll get something in the mail about how to make your own rocket ship or spaceship or something like how that. How to make your own space shuttle out of house, household parts. Yeah, and he'll eventually bring it up. He's like, look, how, how can I talk to people if my brother can make all these things out of household items and stuff like that? I know there's a conversation that they bring up about his brother, but mm-hmm. I'm losing track there. But that's uh, eh, just his brother. Who yeah. But the car, <laughs> the car gets done. They have a nice race. They be chosen because he's all hanging out with his family, I guess, and they're not ready for the race. And he gets smoked. He gets beat up by his brother, and we get a beautiful. I thought he was fired. 
how the hell did he get into you know the burger place? I have no idea. No. But he goes in there and has the TV dinners that his mom gave him. I thought that was excellent. Right. So, but that wasn't that was the only thing. I was wondering if maybe this scene was supposed to happen before he got fired because if he was fired, wouldn't he have had the keys taken off of him? Maybe not. Maybe he made extras and Hey, I've got copies uh to doors of businesses I haven't worked in in years. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there if anybody <laughs> needs any. <laughs> There's an alley that I work out of. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they they get done with the ski montage. They have their talk. They're kind of hanging out, and here comes Booger, comes skating by, right? Because the race is supposed to be today, and he comes skating by. I love. We never mentioned really anything about Booger and the fact that he hates this little town that they live in, and the. Fact, oh, <laughs> I can't even get any good drugs here, man. <laughs> like he's snorting snow. Do you know how much this mountain is worth? I can't feel the left side of my body. Oh. He's he's doing whippets. He's, he's at the grocery store buying whipped cream just to get any kind of buzz going. Yeah. He's so crazy in this. And so he comes skating by, and as he skates over Lane's ski, he breaks the binding on one of his skis. Now, here's how I thought this was going to go. I knew that he was going to do the K-12, and he was going to do it on one leg. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to win, though. I just thought he was going to almost win and get the girl at the end. I didn't think they were going to, you know, because it's kind of too, it's too happy of an ending. So I was like, nah, they're going to make him lose or something like that. I was like, maybe it'll be the Rocky ending or something like that. Right. I was really shocked that he won this. I thought I was happy when he won, but I was kind of shocked. But he had he had motivation to get down that hill because <laughs> because he's OK. First, so Stalin's at the top of the hill. And he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And, man, he's supposed to be here. I guess he chickened out. Well, I'm going to go ahead and try and set a new record anyways. Here we go. And he's about to go. But little does he know, but Lane is being chased by the paper boy who has skis on his bike. Lane's standing there like, oh, man, one of my skis is broken. All of a sudden, I want my $2. Oh, man. (laughs) This is ridiculous. ridiculous skiing away from this kid he's on one ski the kid's chasing him on his bike they're coming down the hill lane comes up to the starting line and it's on the race is on let's go the poor kid that poor paper boy man he zigged when he should have zagged you know what's the best part about this though is he shows up on a normal bike and miraculously down the mountain, he has the special skis on. Right, his bike. he has the skis on. And but as I say, he he goes over the mountain. He goes off the edge. <laughs> just, I want my two dollars. Poof. Oh my god. <laughs> no way he should have lived that, lived through it. But he manages. <laughs> he's like he's a resilient yeah, he's, man. He's like get out of here, and he hits him. Oh. <laughs> I did get a kick out of that, man. It really, it really was it, as ridiculous as it was. It was super funny, man. I, yeah. re- I really did enjoy that. And uh, now, so we get the the Teen Wolf ending, right? Where uh, he wins, and the old girlfriend comes to give him a kiss, uh-huh. but instead of not kissing her, he kisses her. So I was actually thrown away on that because i thought he was gonna do the like uh you know i'm not gonna kiss you i'm gonna go to the 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 real woman that i that i love but he actually kisses beth i was a little disappointed in him at that point i agree um i was like no you're the stand-up man push beth to the side and go get monique and monique sees it 
and she has every right to look down and she should hate him but you know because he comes to the rescue i think that's why she easily forgives him but i was a little disappointed i really wish they would have not had him kiss beth mm-hmm. that was a, kind of a big disappointment for me but yep uh but he we have this fencing <laughs> thing that, <laughs> that's right it that takes time- place Ricky shows up and I am going to you I am taking Monique back and it's time to go Lane and Ricky fencing with their ski poles with, with his mom with uh with a bane looking face right. uh, ready to uh to be commentary <laughs> Oh man it's so good It is and he loses his uh his little stick he uses the the ski you know whatever the ski that pole, was, yes. the ski pole stick he uses <laughs> stick he uses yeah uh, forgive me I don't know the terminology and then I love that he just grabs grabs him and throws him into his mom I thought that was nice <laughs> it was good stuff and then he takes Monique throws her in the Camaro and they take off yep. I thought I thought that was cool now it I would have liked it if they would have ended the movie right there right there but instead, we got to get the stupid paperboy crap. You get the paperboy crap, and you get one last scene from Badger. Oh, this. I hate this scene. Yep, yep. Absolutely hate it. Not as much. Actually, I take it back. I hate this more than the stupid dancing burger. <laughs> it, it was a ridiculous. It just it doesn't need to be. Yeah, there. it was a ridiculous way to end the movie. It was stupid. They should have because ended- you've taken ridiculous things in this movie, and you realize okay, this is a lot of this is just kind of really craziness. There's a lot of fantasy. At least the burger thing was a fantasy. That was a daydream. Yeah. This you're led to believe that young Badger built an actual space shuttle and it launches behind them. Yeah. I mean, this works in weird science. It doesn't work in this movie. Right. It's stupid. So. I agree. Uh, good. <laughs> uh, so, with that being said, is this where we give our scores, or do we have anything else to say about it? Um, you know, I just want to say, I it was kind of funny. I was as I'm rewatching this movie and um, just kind of thinking about my man John Cusack and what. I, why I enjoy this movie, why I enjoy John Cusack. And I kind of boil it down. And looking at his filmography and the movies of his that I really like, the movies of his that I eh, not don't like as much. Right. And it really is, to me, John Cusack, at his best, his greatest movies are when he is regular guy chasing a girl. I mean, those movies where he is just John Cusack, regular dude, chasing after a girl, having girl troubles. And that was the majority of his movies in the 80s, you know, with this and Say Anything and, yeah. and Sure Thing. And, and and even into the 90s with, like, my favorite movie of his in the 90s was Gross Point Blank was the same thing. He's chasing Minnie Driver. Okay. Haven't Those seen... are what I love him in. Even terrible romantic comedies like Serendipity. He's chasing the girl. High Fidelity is like the modern age version of that where he's chasing the girl. Right. Those are the movies of his I enjoy the most by far. Excellent. Uh, do you find him very funny in Con Air? Yeah, he's good in Con Air, but I wouldn't. I, Con Air. As far as a John Cusack movie, wouldn't even make the top ten for me. Right, because uh, he's just a side character. Yeah. But I I love every scene he's in in that movie. Because he's got the dry comedy in that movie. Yeah, pure gold. I love it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I would agree 100% everything you said. I 
I think John Cusack, um, I think he should be more respected, I guess. It's like when you name your favorite actors, a lot of people don't put them on their list. And it's just like people – and then when you watch this movie, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot how awesome I love this guy. The problem is he's never – as far as – everyone says they love John Cusack. I don't know that many people. I've only – I only can think of a couple people have told me I don't really care for John Cusack. And I always like, What? Um, but the the thing with him, and a lot of it has been by choice by him, is he's never really gone after that big meaty role that's going to make him the A list actor. He likes making a lot of smaller films. He likes making a lot of independent films. He likes playing quirky characters a lot, and so he's never at the front of your mind because it's not like oh man, he's not like Tom Hanks or or any of these you know George Clooney, Russell Crowe, these guys who have like nailed that one huge role, you know, to make them Hollywood guy. Right. You know, he's not Hollywood guy. He still lives in Chicago, you know. And so, yeah, and he's made some rough choices, you know, in the 90s and 2000s. You know, he'll go a long stretch between quality movies, I think, you know. Yeah. But he's also got that crazy ability, much like, uh, Michael J. Fox, where he doesn't seem to age all that much, right? Until recently, it, I mean, you could watch a movie and tell me what year this was made. You know, it'd be tough because he didn't age for about twenty years, right? Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I I gotta agree a hundred percent, sir. Okay, for me, I got two scores. All right, on this one, I have. Uh, if I was in, you know, if this was a nostalgia movie for me, and my score has never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my solid score for the movie overall is four stars. All right. It's where I'm at. Um, I The stuff with, with Lane and Monique is five-star material for me. This is what I, I love and crave for in an 80s movie. It's fantastic. Um, I wish there was more of it. Uh, I really enjoyed some of the off the – a lot of the off-the-wall crazy stuff I really did enjoy. Uh, especially like the, the the garage scene. I mean, it's phenomenal. And and some of the cartoon stuff. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned the one I like and the one that I didn't like. The brother, uh, he takes it down. I I can't really stand that guy. If this was a movie I had seen in the '80s, and if I was rewatching it for this review as we normally do, see if our nostalgia factor is still around, I would probably give it a week five. Um, because of the fact of it's so good, it's so funny, and had I grown up with this movie, I can see why it's on a lot of people's list of favorite 80s movie of all time. Maybe it'd be a solid four and a half, week five with nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But overall, if I'm just in 2014, never seen it, it's a fantastic movie. It's a solid four stars. And, uh, you know, I would, I would get rid of a few things to tighten it up a little bit. Outside of that, it was it was a good time. So, yeah, that that sounds great to me. Um, I I like hearing these. I just love these movies that you never see. I, I love the perspective of it. Um, for me, this movie is it is like I said, it's one of the movies that um, kind of a seminal 1980s movie. Um, and one that I've rewatched so many times. Um, having said that, it's not a perfect movie. It's not even close. Um, it's not a perfect comedy. It's not a perfect romantic comedy. There's a lot of issues that you know that with 
whole chunks, whole scenes in the movie that I would remove. <laughs> you know, and so that makes it tough. I realize that. And and like I said, with like the burger scene and a couple other things, there's there are scenes that were great when I would watch it originally, but upon multiple rewatches, I kind of got annoyed with that didn't hold up. Um, so it's not it's not a five star movie for me. Um, I would give it ah man, I mean I would give it probably like a four and a quarter stars, four and a half, edging closer to four and a half. Um, it, it, that's with nostalgia, you know, added in. Um, but it is my it is one of my favorite John Cusack movies. I don't even know if I can say it's my favorite of his. Right. Um, but it's the one that that led me down the path of finding. John Cusack movies and looking for them when they came out. So Excellent. I appreciate that. Excellent. It's it, it's interesting though because I don't know if you um, had ever heard this before, but John Cusack himself hates this movie with a passion. Yeah, I I don't he, know too much about the story, so explain yes. to me. So he he got hooked up this movie. Um, the director, Savage Steve Holland. This was his first movie. This was, movie was basically an autobiography. He wrote it about all of the times that he tried committing suicide. Um, and it was kind of almost therapeutic for him to write the movie uh, to get out of his depression. And anyways, so he had gotten a very young John Cusack because they had acted together in, I want to say, 16 Candles. One of the early films. They were both kind of very bit parts in a movie. Um and he got him kind of hooked up to do this movie. And they did the movie and went immediately into One Crazy Summer. Um, kind of signed him on to do two movies together. Um, and they'd already started working on One Crazy Summer when Better Off Dead was finally released. And John Cusack saw Better Off Dead and was like, that is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. I can't believe you made me make this movie. And he was trying to get out of his contract to finish one crazy summer, but couldn't. And was like, fine, I'll make it, but don't ever call me again. He was absolutely irate that this, about this movie and how it made him seem and, uh, wanted nothing to do with one crazy summer, which is a phenomenal movie. Wow. It's really odd, really odd story. Wow. Yeah. And Savage Steve Holland kind of disappeared for a while after that. He, he had some troubles. oh good times man well uh that is it for us should we hear what the stl nation has to say sir oh man we got a bunch of it huh yeah we do man let's do it yeah let's do it All right, sir. So our first email comes from Bunk Bed Norhe. Woohoo! <laughs> so you know he got his nickname, don't you, sir? I do. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Jameson, myself, and Norhe are part of uh, a wrestling Facebook group called Face Versus Heel, and uh, we're very active on there and we're very vocal. Uh, there's a friend of mine who doesn't live very far from my house. His name is Nick. Uh, we have a very sarcastic relationship. Now, if you thought Jason and I were bad, we put that, you know, we put that to the cake because we like call each other names and it's pretty nasty on Monday nights. Let's just say that. And, uh, Norhe loves it. He's just like, 
we got into this whole bunk bed thing where like I'm on the top, he's in the middle, Nick's on the bottom, just like we're all bunk beds because we all fight, but then we're like best friends at the end of the night. So he's, it's just a big funny joke. So I said, I should call you bunk bed Norhey. He's like, that's phenomenal. So that's officially his nickname. So it's a good time. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure you do, sir. So I knew. Good. All right, here he goes. Hello, bunk bed masoonist at Jameson. It's been a while since I ridden in, but I've been working crazy hours at my new job at Harley Davidson. He has been unemployed, just had a baby. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations. And he got a job at Harley Davidson. Love it. That is amazing. Uh, But now I found some time to write in for one of my favorite movies, Better Off Dead. I love this movie. John Cusack plays Lane Meyer, who is a teenager who has to deal with his girlfriend dumping him among family crisis, homicidal paperboys, and a rival skier. This movie is perfect from beginning to end with no mistakes. Uh The only thing I thought was really freaky was Curtis Armstrong, who we all know as the popular booger. From Revenge of the Nerds, snorting snow on a mountain, snorting jello at the school cafeteria. Other than that, this movie rules. So thank you, sir, for writing in. So like I said, man, nostalgia, these people love it, man. It's good times. Yep. All right, man. Our next one comes from John the Music Man. He writes in for the contest. Now, sir, uh, do you know that there's an STL contest going on? I had heard of this, yes. Uh, do you know what the contest is, sir? Uh, win a copy of Mike's movie. Uh, the legend I don't remember the... how you do it, though. Okay. So the contest is real simple. I have a copy of The Legend of Billie Jean on Blu-ray because I went to Walmart. They said, no, we don't have it. So I went on eBay, paid 16 bucks for it. I went, I went to Walmart the next day, found it in the bargain bin for $7, was pissed off beyond belief, and found out that they don't ever keep track of their bargain bin stuff. So I ended up picking up a copy, and someone said, well, maybe you should give it away for a contest. Well, most of the nation went up and bought this thing. You know, I was going to give it to Sarah, but you said you already got her a copy. So uh, so I said, hey, maybe I can give it away. But then I have these STL t-shirts. Uh, I have, you know, Hurricane Andrew made a Sweep Delay podcast t-shirt, sent two extra ones. I said, hey, send in an email which one you want. You want the movie, you want the shirt, or do you want both? And then just simply say, why do you deserve to win this contest? And then if we get a bunch, throw it in a hat and see who wins. He's the only one that wrote in for the contest. Sir. <laughs> this is pathetic, man. I'm giving away. I was for- going to enter in when I <sighs> when I heard it originally. I was like, I'm going to enter into that. Yeah, but you're already getting a T-shirt, man. I got that on order for you. It's coming to your house. So, yeah. and you already have the movie. So, yeah, it's nice to win things though. Yeah, but here's what he said, <laughs> Mr. Masunis. Well, what should what what I want is both, of course. Why I should win? Well, I am the music man and me, and you have 90% taste in music and movies. Plus, I agree, Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, besides Ewoks, Rock, and Green Lightsabers. Have a great day, John the Music Man. So, thank you for writing in, sir. Now, I'm going to extend, since most people are going to listen to this episode, I will extend the contest for one more week. Next Tuesday, if you nobody writes in for this thing, goes to John the Music Man. So... I'm pulling for you, John, even though you're wrong about Star Wars. (laughs) Well, we will discuss Empire Strikes Back, sir. And and then we'll discuss Return of the Jedi. We'll just skip A New Hope. We'll just go right into those two. All right. (laughs) I'm just joshing you, man. 
<laughs> All right. Our next one comes from Tawana Diver City Williams. Here's what she had to say. Hello there, Masunis and Jameson. Greetings to the STL Nation. Masunis, I really hope that you are enjoying this movie as much as I do. I'm pretty sure that Jameson loves it. Better Off Dead has been one of my all-time favorite comedies for a while now. I don't own a copy of this movie yet, but every time it plays on TV, I have to watch it. I'm ex- YouTube, Tawana. YouTube. Yep. I'm ecstatic that we finally get to discuss it. Way back in your Zombieland episode... That would be our second episode together. I I wanted to mention that the Everybody Wants Some song was playing in Zombieland. I love how the French fries uh, get tanned in the grease sauna on that part. Can we talk about Elizabeth Daly, a.k.a. E.G. Daly, for a second? We can talk about her. I just think she is an unsung 80s hero who appears on a bunch of stuff I like from that time, like Summer School and Dutch. As cheesy as her dancing and hair may have been, I've always enjoyed her performance in Better Off Dead. That school dance scene is a is the best when Charles uh, Charles Demar just goes up to that guy laughing and doing shave <laughs> shaving hand motion. <laughs> shave. I nearly kill myself laughing at that because I have had plenty of those moments where you can't stop laughing at something really stupid. This film is so quotable. How many times did my sisters and I do impressions of Mrs. Myers with her French toast, French dressing, Peru, and Mrs. Smith with her laugh and her, you know, the international language and Christmas. I know someone at work who laughs exactly like that, and I don't think they realize how super annoying it is. (laughs) I love the weird little brother and the dad, too, in this movie. That scene in the beginning when Lane accidentally hits him with the skis is hilarious. And is that $2 kid the same one from Back to the Beach, Jameson? You better believe it. If not, then, oh well, at least I got to mention an awesome guilty pleasure. I can go on and on with this movie, so I think I will end here by giving my rating for this awesome movie. Um, It's five stars. All right, that's it for now. See you online. Take care, diversity. Love it. Oh, good times. All right, sir. Our next one comes from Lisa the Legend, sir. Woo-hoo. All right. Hi, Mike. Jameson and STL Nation. Woohoo. I am so excited you are reviewing Better Off Dead. This is my top this is in my top five movies. You are in for such a treat to watch this movie. I fell upon this movie by chance years ago, but it has stuck with me to this day. It has possibly some of the best one-liners in a movie. I know that John Cusack hated this movie. He sort of threw a fit about it, but man, I'm glad he did. He had signed a contract to go on to do one crazy summer with the producer. I think I haven't seen that movie, dude. The more I think about it, so one we'll, crazy summer. Yeah, we'll have to review the the uh, description and see if I've seen it. If not, we can throw that in the series. Good movie. Uh, but only because he had to do it. I think it was a great movie. I mean, can a story about a guy obsessed with his quote unquote girlfriend, weird friends and neighbors, and equally strange family? It's so total 80s, or rather teenager, to think the world revolves around one girl. I do have to admit, I love uh, his choice of clothes. In hangers, I love his quirky mom. I mean, who can't love a mom that experience with not knowing how to cook? Her boiled bacon is probably my favorite. I love how everyone also went their full with by their full names. The comic relief was obviously Curtis Armstrong as Curtis DeMar. Gotta love a guy trying to make a buck even from snow. Laugh out loud. I love seeing Chuck Mitchell still coming, uh, still going on his Porky's fame. Dan Schneider in his first role, he was awesome. The man did, and man, did he go on to have some epic roles. They did. Uh, they say people still quote this movie all the time. Uh, his movie wasn't. Uh, his movie wasn't amazing. This movie has an amazing actress, actress, 
and she playing the shy, simple mom perfectly. The brothers that learn English by listening to sports. <laughs> I love the one-liners most of all. You can find me all the time just randomly saying I want my $2. I, th- <laughs> I think whenever some uh, someone watches this movie, they can't get away from that paper boy. Also, when Lane tries to kill himself by jumping off the bridge and ending up in the garbage truck, and the worker says, now that's a shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy, uh, or whatever Lane was talking to Ricky, uh, she speaks French, Ricky, not imbecile. Or when she wants directions on how to ski, and she says, you point your skis down the hill (laughs) when you see something in the way, you turn. Uh, it's funny at the same time that so many of the characters are so forgettable. I mean, a lot of them went on to do great things, but for this movie's sake, totally forgettable. At the movie, As the movie goes on, we get to one of my favorites, and that is the dance. There are plenty of fun scenes, but most of all because they all went to E.G. Daily. I just love her. Now, by the time she was already way into her wonderful acting career with Valley Girls, No Small Affair, and other movies under her belt, this was the first time she was on just by just the band. I still have the soundtrack on my iPod. What I could get, what I, what I could get of it, I listen to all the time. So she doesn't have all of it, only part of it. I know she goes on to voicing uh, work fame. But this was uh, the best singing role she could have had. Now, once you get over her dress, uh, which was so short, she couldn't sneeze. uh, But it's a catchy tune. She's got the singing credits as herself. Okay, I could go on and on, but I won't. I hope you love this movie as much as Tawana and I do. This is one uh, you have to watch at least once a year. Or in my case, it's a great movie to throw on while doing other stuff since I can quote it as well. Uh, try to throw one love, try to throw one way love or one of the Rupert Hines sing songs to follow it. Take care. Lisa, the legend. Oof. All right, Mike, one uh, crazy summer, man. Okay. You'll know if you've seen this or not. Okay. It's, it stars John Cusack and the love interest is Demi Moore. You have Booger and Bobcat Goldthwait in this movie. Okay. As his buddies. Uh, he's hoops. Hoops is a cartoonist, and he's uh, he uh, Demi Moore is like this chick who's kind of uh, about to lose her house, and uh, it's not really a love story at first. Uh, in this madcap comedy, Demi Moore plays Cassandra. Don, John Cusack as Hoops McCann, two people who eventually fall in love. Spoiler alert! And help each other out. Hoops is a cartoonist working on a teen love story that he hopes will get him accepted into art school. Cassandra is a troubled young woman about to lose her home to a money-hungry developer. Nope, never seen it. It's a good movie. It's not as good as this. It's a good movie, though. It's a funny movie. And it's uh, just another another Curtis Armstrong movie. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I don't know if we'll add it then to this because, you know, uh, I think more people love this one than that oh, yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. Definitely. Okay, uh, so we'll definitely think of the next movie in the uh, next, you know, in the series of uh, classic movies Masunas hasn't seen. So, mm-hmm. all right, sir, we have two more left. All right, this one comes from uh, Welty69. Here we go. All Hasn't right. wrote in in a while. Hello, yep. Mike and the STL Nation and Jameson. There it is. I'm here to <laughs> I'm here to <laughs> review the movie Better Off Dead, and I love this movie. Capital letters underlined in bold. One of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. I haven't made a review in a while, but this one takes the cake. 
not in any sort of order. I'm just going to review. Uh, going to review. Mom uh, is the mom is clueless. She's uh, so yes, dear, about everything, and her cookies are so atrocious. I know you like bacon is is bad for you, so I boiled <laughs> it, and you like raisins. Then it rolls off the plate, just so nasty. Two dollars to Paperboy, just evil. I randomly, when someone mentions two dollars, if I uh, mention two dollars, since people get it every once in a while, it just pops in my head. So. Uh, I love this song when you're getting the car fixed. My favorite multimedia montage. John Cusack's uh, I've left John Cusack's I've left John Cusack since. Uh, I've loved John Cusack since. I, yeah, I think that's what he's trying to say. Uh, since this movie, this is what got me into one of my favorite actors. Unfortunately, he says and or has said he doesn't like this movie. I think was uh, great, but whatever. Everybody was asked to go on uh, with Beth, teacher, mailman, cartoons. Uh, it was hilarious. A very uh, dark comedy. And that's all he has to say. So I assume his score is five stars since he loves this movie. So thank you, sir, for writing in. Uh, been a long time since we heard from you. So it's good to get you writing in again. Good oh, time. show. All right, sir. Our last one is Time Traveling Peter, of course, to end the emails. Greetings, Mike Jameson and the STL Nation. That's the way it's supposed to go. Mike Jameson, STL Nation. Yeah, all right. Future reference. <laughs> you were supposed to agree with me, sir. Nah, all right. How do you think it's supposed to go? Jameson, Mike, and the STL Nation? Uh, that sounds right to me. <laughs> it's alphabetical order. We'll just go alphabetical order. How about that? Oh, so good. Uh, what's, how would that be? Let's see. J before M. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Oh, man, that's good times. All right, I'd like to welcome back Jameson. I hope you had an awesome vacation. I, must, I did, sir. I must admit, it appears Mike and I were the only two that haven't seen this movie. Crazy, right? This movie is hilarious, and I have a lot of great scenes, but I wonder why maybe it didn't do well commercially. Was it because instead of kids running around saying they want their $2, they were jumping into their parents' car and pretending they're traveling through time or wearing bras in their head or turning Barbies into real women? This movie indeed came out after Back to the Future and Weird Science, respectively. So he does bring up a good point. Was this movie a financial success? Because I see it only made ten million at the box office. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know what it was made for, but it couldn't have been a huge success. Okay. Uh, for as good as it is, I'm surprised this was directed by a first-time director. And it kind of shows. He would go on to direct One Crazy Summer. Now that's one I've seen in. And they both have some an, uh, an, animation in them. Why can I never say that word? Animation. I'm not sure. Animation. I don't. It's the N and the M together. Animation. Man. But what would STL be if I didn't have, you know, a word that I would stumble upon every episode? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Mike, you teased the garage scene, so I was waiting for it. It's true. As soon as I saw it, I posted, and I had no idea he'd never seen this movie. Hilarious. It would have been funny uh, if his mom saw him and said, Oh, honey, I didn't know you were in here, and left him dangling. Uh, one point on listing other thoughts, a lot of the funny scenes were like Vin, which were like Vine clips inserted into an 80s movie. And I must say, <laughs> this movie has a pretty rocking soundtrack. Your STL connections are Booger, chosen from Karate Kid 2, which I haven't reviewed that movie yet, sir. Uh, the teacher was in Batman Returns, uh, which is true. The, and Monique was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, she was. I had to look her up because I was like, she looks so familiar. Where do I know her from? 
this is a movie I will buy next time I see it on sale and we'll rewatch it for sure. So overall, for right now, I give this a solid four. Same score as me. I, th- right. I think it has potential to go up higher after subsequent viewings. Until next time, time traveling Peter. So that's cool. I had no idea he had never seen this movie before. So, Man, but he's from a foreign country. He's got <laughs> his excuse. <laughs> Peter, not from around here. Good point, man. Good point. Is that velvet? <laughs> what is that, velvet? <laughs> All right, sir. So that is it for our emails. So before we get into the music spotlight... Why don't we play one round of What Movie Am I? Ooh, all right. All right, let's do it. Nobody steps on a church in my town. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. I shot him six times. I, I shot him in the heart. That... Calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... I'm Batman. Nice go. All right, sir. So we get, we're going to do one round because we've gone way over on review here, but it was worth it. And I guess I'll start off because the score, All right. score is 4-2. to two, So here we four go. 4-2. Uh, uh, wait, who has, who has four? I'm trying to remember. You have four. Oh, that's right. Okay, good, and, good. And I have two. Yes. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So we have, um, we have a race. Takes place. Um... And is this all going to rhyme? What? Because uh, you said there's a race that takes place. Oh, okay. Uh, you were Dr. Seussing up your uh, clue. Yeah, sorry. All right, so there is a, there's a race that takes place, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a casualty that happens uh, during this race. Yep. Uh, and there's a bunch of cops that go after the person uh, in the other car due to the tragedy that happened. Right. And we get a standoff. Uh, he sees that there's cars in front of him, there's cars in back of him. So the, the the cop that's leading the pack just says, "Hey, this guy's gonna give up. Just give it a second. So our uh, our person in the car that survived decides that uh, I'm gonna rev up my engine and I'm gonna drive right through the cops. Yes. He proceeds to do so, and we cut to a next scene. Damn. What movie am I? This. Movie is Ghost Car 89. Is that a real movie? No, that's made up. Okay. Man, but that sounds like a good movie. Yeah. I'd watch that. Um, <laughs> this movie is called The Wraith. Damn it. You got Come it on. right, sir. It's too easy. I know. I just watched it last night. <laughs> oh, man. I feel. I feel oh. That was a layup. It was, man. That was that was terrible, Masunis. All right. You're have All to right. Edit this out so you don't look like an idiot. All Put right. that on the board. All right. All right. Your movie, sir, is now wait. The score is is it five, five to two? Okay. Five to two now. All right. Just extending that lead. Damn it. All right. Um. All right. Your film. Here's your scene. I should have canceled You're... this. Yeah, you just canceled the whole thing. <laughs> I know. Never should have started this whole I game. Know. All right. A man is in his house. He's watching TV. He's been sitting on the couch watching TV for quite some time. Um, as he's watching TV, there's a party going on. Um, they got a band in there. Everybody's everybody's jamming. He's wa- watching the TV. Finally, he decides, all right, I'm partying. He, I, I've, I've, I've seen all I need to see on TV. Time to get up. I'm joining the party. He stands up. 
and instantly falls on his face because he has pins and needles in his leg from sitting so long. He stands up, falls flat on his face, pins and needles, pins and needles. <laughs> what movie am I? Uh, I need a clue, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not familiar sounding. All right. I know you've seen this movie because you told me you've seen it. So. Okay. All right. This man, he uh, has been sitting on the couch throughout the duration of this movie trying to, he's working on, uh, he's trying to find a specific show or movie specifically on TV. And it has taken him the entire movie to find this movie to appear on TV with two actors in it. In it together. Oh, wow! He's waiting to see Gene Hackman and Michael Caine in the same movie. Man, thus fulfilling his Caine Hackman theory. People are are yelling at me because I know Tawana plays this game. She was like, "Hey, this game is super fun to play with friends." All right. Yep. I'm glad we created a game that people could play at home. So. Right. You, not so good at it. I know, man. This is my game. I suck at it. So, <laughs> congratulations, sir. Uh, uh, I, I got to give you props. I have no idea what movie this the is. The movie is PCU. I have never seen this movie. Come on. We've I, talked about it on... We have, and I've never... <sighs> you were quoting it on the STL page one day. That was Jason. No, that was you quoting it as well. Oh. Uh, I will pull the... I will okay, pull the all right. Quotes. You know what? It's been so long. I, I've seen it once. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. It's okay. It's fair. It's That's cool. Right. Uh, no, that was a really good good job. Five to two. Five, five, to, two. five to two. Good job. <laughs> oh, man. Terrible. Right. Okay. Next episode, Yeah. I'm going to do one, and it's going to be from Back to the Future 3. Next one I'm going to do is going to be from the Heavenly Kid because it's Jason Gedrick. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, sir. Well, that, that's it for uh, this edition of What Movie Am I? Uh-huh. Uh, we shall uh, continue next episode. So let's get into the music spotlight, sir. All right. All right, sir, this is a very special music spotlight. This one is dedicated to you, sir, and you Ooh. only, sir. Uh, this is a special song that I have shared with my children that absolutely love it, and that's Bye Bye Bye, baby. Yeah, we go. Because it goes with Better Off Dead. Because I can't play Not Gonna Die by Skillet because I've already played that. And Bye Bye Bye, you know, you're dead. You Bye 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 forever. Bye, it it kind of relates. But here's here's the history behind this. My daughters and I, we were watching some music videos. And uh, we had just watched Pitch Perfect. So uh, I was playing them just a bunch of like Britney Spears stuff, right? Like Baby One More Time. Oops, I did it again. And I was like, your mom and me were jamming to this before you were ever born. So Because they thought they were like new videos, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then I put on NSYNC bye 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 and my oldest daughter when justin comes on she goes is that justin timberlake and i was rolling laughing and she goes who's the leader of this group (laughs) oh man and she wanted to watch it again so we watched that video like three times i'm like you know what since this is jameson's you know i'm gonna dedicate this to you sir you know i love this song this is 
you know, hands down, NSYNC won the war when they came out with this song against Backstreet Boys. But That's right. This, this song, the Backstreet Boys are still my boys. NSYNC's still your boys. We we have a respect level there that we don't fight against. Uh, you have your side, I have my side. But this, as I always say, a great song is a great song. I know people who are heavy metal people who were like said that this song was amazing. They're like yeah. screw boy bands. This song is amazing. When the video came out, it was it, it still looks great to this day. Them running on the train, all the special effects still holds up to this day. It's a fantastic music video. So, and I know everybody's going to shut this off, but it's dedicated to my boy Jameson. So, <laughs> the, the few of you out there will listen and enjoy. So, there you go. That's right. So, with that with that being said, uh, what's our next movie together, sir? Whenever that'll be. What do That's we want a to darn do? good question. I, I guess wanna... if you're in the Facebook group, the STL Nation, you'll find out. Yeah, because I don't want to do Dumb and Dumber. I know that won the vote, but I've watched that so many times since I just bought it on Blu-ray. I'm so tired of it right now. Yep. I don't yep. I don't feel like talking. We hold about off it. until the sequel comes out for that. Yeah, let's get do... a little closer to that. Yeah, let's do that. So let's yep. pick let's pick a maybe an Arnold movie or, or just something big, action packed, you know, mm-hmm. lots of one liners, something like that. So All right. So let, let's pick something like that. So we'll throw up a vote up. Next Jameson and Masunas movie, boom, you guys pick. You know, maybe we'll pick some of the winners because the ones that won will obviously do, but right. just not right now. So uh, do, do we have an idea when we're going to record next, sir? Uh, it should be soon. Okay. S- soon could be next year. So there you go, people. Good times. All right. Uh, I'm hoping in like two weeks or so. We shall yeah. see. Uh, and then the next solo Masunas review will be Batman Assault on Arkham. Excited to talk about that. Good times. Thank you guys for the Gremlins 2 love. It was fun. If you want to write in, stlpodcastgmail.com. Don't forget to go to the website, www.stlpodcast.com. I pay a lot of money for that thing, so please support the thing. Go check it so out. Go check it out. Go check it out. All the links are there to my boy's show. This guy has a lot of podcasts now. He's got his own TV show, for God's sake. This guy's yeah, all not? over the place. You're going to be famous one day, man. You don't even need me. I don't know. <laughs> one day. One day. So yep. if you want part of that contest, get an STL t-shirt or the Legend of Billie Jean right in. There you yep. Go. So, All right, sir. Do you have anything else you want to say all before I, we All I got to say to the nation is bye-bye-bye. <laughs> good times. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. Take care. We'll soon as soon
So, then we get, what the hell is she cooking? We get the bacon scene. that we No, were... the bacon's at the beginning. Okay. Uh, then what... The bacon's the very first scene. Then what is she cooking in this scene? Because I wrote down, what the hell is she cooking? Is this... She's making something ridiculous. And I... Is this where she has the glop stuff? Yeah. No, no. Cause the no, glop... no, 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 no. Because this is when she has, she has dinner um, with everybody, with Ricky and his mom. But that comes after he starts working at the pig burger. Hmm. He has, okay, he has um, Ricky and his mom come over. They all have stuff, but that's after the pig burger. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <sighs> We'll get to it. Never mind. So there's only three things that she cooked. Okay. So hello, I'm here. I'm sorry. What's going on? My mic got out there for a second. Just stop talking. <laughs> I don't know if I'm skipping anything, but I think we go to Christmas, huh? Uh, let's see. You're a jerk. Nice car. Hmm. Mm, that was that was my notes there. So. Or you're a jerk. Nice car. I believe that's what Stalin says to him, isn't it? Yeah, because right after this is another suicide, which takes place at Christmas time. So yes, that's right, in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, the garbage truck. That that was the second. Oh. Was the garbage truck? So, so nice car was before that. So, but what was? I wrote down nice car, but I have no idea what car it was that was nice. So hmm. That's some stellar notes here. Yeah, I know, man. I apologize. Sorry, folks. Yeah. So the suicide. Let, let's just talk about the suicide because that yep. was that was hilarious. What I love is that he can change his mind and then he gets pushed by Booger. Right. That that that's what was so great about it. So of course. Oh man. He's a good man. Excellent. Yep. Then there's another suicide on Christmas morning. <laughs> uh, Mike. Sorry, man. I gotta hold on a second. I. Got an important text, so this guy. I gotta make a note of this. Hold on, hold on. It's an important news. Better off dead than to live without you. Got, got to take a second here. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> take your time. Take your time. It's a good blooper. Ah. Uh. Sorry, bro. Give me a second here. Son, I'm going to activate your dental insurance. <laughs> I know this kills our momentum, but... I'm a, Hey, no no worries, because we were transitioning anyways. So. Good. No worries. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What's going on? What are you playing? The narwhal song. <laughs> this goes on for 10 hours. So are you serious? You yeah, yeah, it's a 10 hour version. <laughs> it's, it's kind of what I'm into these days. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just that... hurt my ears. Good, good, good. All right, let me. I gotta go talk to the children real quick. Hold on. One okay. Second. Big fluffy unicorn 
see what you've learned so far. What color are the unicorns? Pink! Where are they dancing? Rainbows! Please use one word to describe the texture of their magical fur. Smile! Yeah! Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink fluffy unicorns. Hey! Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> Needless to say, I'm going to cut all that crap about uh, nice car because I sounded like an idiot. So we're going to cut that. We're going to go right to the suicide with the garbage truck. So. Okay.